announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> My name is Jimmy Pop. I'm a dumb one. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. Come on in, come on in. Why yeah, me, baby? Slamming, flamming. I'm like Planet Pluto. It'll do, pig. It'll do, it'll do, it'll do. That'll do, piggy. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Ravings of a Cloon on Just the Radio. It's Friday, February the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Laddie, go over there and make sure it's your father there, Berrien. All right, that'll do, pig. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Just Radio. Me, moi, why no one special? No big deal. No one important. Just your old pal, your old friend, your servant, your slave. The Jester. Coming to you from a secret location outside. <laughs> and uh, I got my tea, Occidents be damned. And I got my bowl filled to an overflowing. So if you will, join me. Oh, my. Oh, my, 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 my. 
as many of you know, I'm enjoying a lovely corn cob mini produced by the Missouri Meerschaum Company in uh, Missouri. Uh, I have no idea. You know, I used to actually buy these by the carton when I was in the, the marketing business uh, back in the day. Um, I used to have uh, my secretary buy them a, a box a month, you know, like the kind that the retail stores would get. And it was like 72 bucks, I think, at the time for a box. I think you got like like 24 maybe in the box. And I went through like one a day. I always had that fresh... Uh, Cornholio every day. Had my coffee and my bowl, my fresh uh, corn cob bowl. So, whatever it is you're enjoying out there, glass of uh, wine, a grasshopper, a uh, Cuba Libra, a dirty martini, a uh, fuzzy navel. Or if it's just, you know, good old-fashioned uh, topping of the green, as my friend Billy Gray used to say. So if you'll indulge with me, one more hit. Oh, my, my, my. And it tastes just like pussy. I have no idea how they do that. Take a seat, make yourself relax, put your feet up, put your head back. You do have head back permission for the duration of the shoe. So in case somebody walks by and gives you that weird look, just put your hand up, the palm, you know, like the talk to the hand gesture. And just tell them, tut, 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 tut. I have head back permission. I'll explain later. And that'll that'll send them off scratching their head. And uh, wondering what the fuck. All right, I'm just um, filling my pipe up uh, with another fresh bowl here. It doesn't uh, take a lot. You know, I put the screen in about halfway. And you get about three or four, you know, jester size hits, which I guess is about eight or nine, you know, human hits. Okay, I think we're all settled now. Thank you, Robert. Yes, I am good. On behalf of Dolly the Receptionist, Bob the Engineer, and yours truly, welcome to the show. Have a seat. Make yourself to home. It's time to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. From high atop Jester Radio Studios, in a secret location of CJ Universe, coming to you from high end. All right, that'll do. If there is such a thing as a profile of a mass murderer, Stephen Kazmarechek did not fit it. Outstanding student, engaging, polite, industrious, with what looked like a bright future in the criminal justice field. And yet, uh, yesterday, 27-year-old Kazmarechek, armed with three handguns and a brand-new pump-action shotgun that he carried onto campus in a guitar case, Step from behind a screen on the stage of a lecture hall at Northern Illinois University and opened fire on a geology class. And killed five people and then cacked himself. University Police Chief Donald Grady said without giving details that uh, Kazmierczak had become erratic in the past two weeks. Not erotic to all those ladies 
He was erratic. And uh, he had stopped taking his medication. But that steam seemed to come as news to many of those who knew him. And the attack itself was positively baffling. We had no indications at all this would be the type of person that would engage in such activity, Grady said. He described the gunman as a good student. Um, his uh, time at NIU, and by all accounts, a fairly normal person. Exactly what set Kazmierczak off and why he picked his former university and that particular lecture hall remains a mystery. Police said they found no suicide note. He just, you know, picked up, walked into the classroom, hid, be, you know, took a guitar case, hid behind the screen. As many of you know, a lot of these lecture halls, they're arranged as a sort of amphitheater style. And there's like a little stage, and there's a whole lot of staircase leading up from the tiny little stage at the bottom. And sometimes at the back of the stage, there's a chalkboard, there's a whiteboard, there could be a screen in case they're doing a PowerPoint presentation. Nobody's really paying attention to that. Apparently, the guy got in there early, staked out behind the movie screen, the PowerPoint screen, and with the guitar case, and got himself prepared. And the class started. He stepped out. He apparently stroked his mustache and said, Nya-ah-ah, and started blasting. Nobody knows why. Authorities were searching for a woman who police may believe uh, who police believe may have uh, been Kazmierczak's girlfriend, according to uh, a law enforcement official who spoke on condition of anonymity because he wasn't supposed to. Authorities were looking into whether this guy and the woman recently split up. It's always a chick, man. You look into any one of these situations, I don't care what the hell they say it's about, but it's always about a fucking chick. When is it not ever about a chick? When did you ever feel anything that wasn't about a chick? Your mother died. Your fucking, you know, it's, you know, uh, your dog died. All that shit, you know, nothing, nothing compared to the misery them fucking chicks put you through. Huh? Huh? Are you with me? And yet notice that they drive you so fucking bad shit that... Nine times out of ten, the guys don't go home and gun the chick down. They go fucking out and they gun people down, innocent fucking people in the street. And then what do they always do as a capper? Say it with me. They fucking cack themselves to deprive you of the pleasure of fucking hauling them away. And putting them on trial and you getting to kill them. So it's, you know, in my mind, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who have uh, argued this, and I'm sure there's a lot of experts who know much more about the subject than I do. But in my mind, what these are, are their suicides with um, sort of loss of inhibition at the end. These are people who say, I, I've decided I want to die. And since I'm going to die, I may as well do like the darkest, sickest shit that's been like lurking in my fucking, you know, heart all along there's got to be enough people that have that shit in their heads because the shit goes on seems like once a week once every couple of months at least so there's got to be enough of us walking around you know look at the guy next to you and do you really know what kind of shit that's going on in his head remember there was this great uh, twilight zone episode where um darren you know darren stevens whatever his name was the original one not the second one 
not Dick York, Dick Sargent. He flips a coin into a cigar box to buy his newspaper in the morning, and the co- and the coin lands on its edge. And the newspaper guy's like, "Hey, holy shit! You know, one in a million. How you know? How's that for good luck?" And so fucking Darren takes his newspaper. He goes to work at the bank, and for all day he can read minds. And it's the most amazing shit. He finds out that the chick from like the next, uh, you know, office down, uh, you know, has been like fucking hot for him all along. He finds out this 90 year old geezer, you know, has been planning to rob the bank um, and, you know, abscond with the fucking money to like Bermuda. And when he goes to bust him on it, he was like, how did you know every single night I've been planning to do that for the last 50 years? Of course, I would never would do it, but you know, I always like play this fantasy game with myself that I will do it. So he realizes, you know, that he can see inside people's minds, but he doesn't know what the fuck, you know, it, it means. He just knows what they're thinking. Can't take it in context. Investigators learned that a week ago on February 9th, um, Kazmiriak. By the way, there's a, a, a bunch of different pronunciations on this name. We tried to get it uh, confirmed. It's um, C-Z-A-K, which sometimes is pronounced uh, Chak, and sometimes is pronounced Iyak. So it's either Kazmiriak or Kazmirchak. Um, he walked into a champagne gun store uh, about a week ago, picked up two guns, Remington shotgun and a Glock 9mm. Uh, he bought two other handguns at the same shot, a High Point uh, 38 on December 30th and a Sig Sauer on August 6th. All four guns were bought legally from a federally licensed uh, firearms dealer, um, according to Thomas Ahern, an agency spokesman. You know, um, we've been talking about this a lot lately. You know, I'm not uh, very keen on um, outrageous gun control, not that it's a consti- you know, constitutional thing, but, I mean, it's just another liberty. I hate to see uh, folks lose. Um, there's a lot of legitimate reasons for owning a weapon. And, um, you know, to lose that liberty because uh, some people are doing, you know, bad things with weapons, I'm not a big proponent of. I personally, I don't know how comfortable I'd feel, uh, you know, uh, shooting up the joint, you know, I don't know if I would own a gun uh, or feel, you know, safe with it in my home, but I do know that whatever it is we end up doing with guns, we really do have to concentrate on keeping them away from the young people because they do seem to have um, poorer impulse control than the adults. And um, they uh, do seem to be the ones. You don't hear about the 60-year-olds shooting up the place from a gun tower. Uh, S. Poe, by the way, in the uh, Jester Radio chat room wants to know, do you notice they never go shooting up NRA meetings? (laughs) It's an interesting point. Um, He had a state police-issued FOID, which is a firearm owner's ID card, which is required in Illinois to own a gun. Such cards are rarely issued to those with recent medical uh, mental health problems. Uh, the application asks, in the past five years, have you been a patient in any medical facility or part of any medical facility used primarily for the care or treatment of persons from mental illness? In other words, are you a nutter? Um, Kazmiriak, who went by the name Steve, graduated from 
um, NIU in 2007, was a graduate student in sociology there before leaving last year and moving on to the Graduate School of Social Work at the University of Illinois in Champlain, 130 miles away. Um, unlike Virginia Tech, uh, the guy there, Sung, Hun, uh, Sung Hu Cho, uh, who was like a, you know, broody, sullen misfit who could barely look anyone in the face, much less carry on a conversation. This guy, Kamirchak, uh, just fit in like a glove. Uh, Chris Lamson, an assistant professor of social worker, said uh, he did data entry for Lamson's research grant on mental health clinics. Uh, Lamson was stunned by the shooting rampage, as was the gunman's faculty advisor, Professor uh, Jan Carter Black. He was engaging, motivated, responsible, saw nothing to suggest that there was anything troubling about his behavior, she said. Carter Black said that uh, Kamirchek wanted to focus on mental health issues and enrolled in August in a course that she taught about human behavior and social environment, but withdrew in September because he had gotten a job with the prison system. So that's where it starts to get murky. Apparently, the guy was on a downward slide. And just nobody had the faintest idea. And apparently, he had recently stopped some kind of medication that's not been uh, revealed what specifically this medication was. And, uh, you know, so maybe in some time in the past, he had been diagnosed, you know, as, as, a, um, as a wackadoodle. These are just the technical terms, folks, I, you know. I hate to be too technical, but. Meanwhile, Iraq's prime minister said today that the United States and Iraqi troops have chased al-Qaeda out of Baghdad in the years since the security crackdown began, and uh, he promised to pursue insurgents who have fled northward. In the famous man, in the famous words of the midget to the giant, don't fucking pee on my head and tell me it's raining. So the United States invaded Iraq, a sovereign, you know, oligarchy like dozens of others in the in the world, um, uh, overthrew their uh, principle, and uh, th- th- and this brought in, you know, the 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 skanky element, including Al Qaeda, and now they're bragging about how the Al Qaeda they got them on the run. So they brought them in, and now they got them on the run. Underscoring the uh, rising violence in northern Iraq, a double suicide bombing targeted Shiite worshippers as they left weekly prayer services in the city of Talifar, killing at least four people and wounding 17. Police said guards at the Juwad Mosque uh, prevented a worse casualty toll by opening fire on the two attackers, one of whom was an old guy before they could reach the bulk of worshippers emerging from the building. In uh, remarks broadcast, apparently they're using, like, you know, women and older guys. Either they're running out of people or they're just changing it up, you know, trying to um, get a little advantage uh, by using people that you're not expecting. In uh, in remarks broadcast on state television, Iraqi Prime Minister uh, Nouri al-Maliki hailed what he called a victory in Baghdad and thank the U.S. military and its allies for standing with us in defeating terrorism. Apparently, um, the United States has been on this six-year mission to train the Iraqis uh, to defend themselves and still not ready. <laughs> still not ready. Not gonna, it's not going to happen, folks. They're building the world's largest military base in Baghdad and uh, it's just it's going to be permanent.
This is um, imperialism at its finest, like brought to you from the straight out of the fucking Middle Ages. Let's just uh, go invade a foreign uh, country who's distasteful at best and extremely wealthy. And uh, what we need to do, of course, is drum up a little support. But, you know, that shouldn't be too hard. Iraq you know, uh, Afghanistan, the average American doesn't know the difference. If you ask, I think 71% of Americans um, why the United States is in Iraq, they'll tell you in response to 2001, 9-11, as if most people believe that Saddam Hussein had something to do with 9-11, even though it's been definitively proven that, uh, you know, not, not only did they have nothing to do with uh, bin laden but they they didn't want to have anything to do with al-qaeda or the taliban or bin laden that's not the way this guy works this guy is the uh uh uh, uh, saddam hussein was the uh you know uh, um, who's the cuban dictator my brain is turned to mush um of the middle east he's just he was just fucking insane from gonorrhea Castro. Thank you, Bob. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's uh, Friday, February the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008. With the government eavesdropping law about to expire, Washington is awash in accusation over who's to blame. President Bush said today that, quote, our country is in more danger of an attack because of Congress's failure to adopt a Senate bill that would have renewed a law that made it easier for the government to spy on foreign phone calls and emails that pass through the United States. This is how this administration frames every argument. Just like the Christians say everything is to protect the children, the Republicans say you're uh, helping the enemy, you're making it easier for them to attack us. As if we're being attacked all over the fucking place. And if you argue that point, then they'll say, well, that's because we've thwarted all the attacks. And if you say, well, prove it, they say, well, that's a secret. You'll just have to take our word for it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, that is where they begin to lose me personally. Because I've stopped taking these people's word for anything. Because they just have lied to us about everything. No reason to believe a single word coming out of these fucking people's mouths. I got to tell you, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, aside from the fact that when George, uh, you know, looked up while he was reading the story about the goats to those kids and he looked up and the guy was whispering in his ear, Mr. President, they're attacking America. And he went back to reading the book anyway with the kid. Aside from that little glitch. Um, you know, I thought to myself, ah, maybe he's a classy guy. Maybe he was very confident in uh, his, uh, you know, his machine, his well-oiled machine that was kicking into high gear as we speak, that he could calmly finish up a few more sentences with the kinder and then mosey off over there into that makeshift, uh, you know, emergency uh, bunker and save the free world with a few uh, commands. But instead, he got up and blustered about that he was going to smoke him out, come hither or yon. Then uh, he invaded Afghanistan, 
And the next thing you know, we're in fucking Iraq, up to our puppets, and where's Bin Laden? <laughs> Bin Laden, according to Bush now, is irrelevant. Ah, he doesn't mean anything. What are you going to He laughs when you mention Bin Laden. What happened to the smoking out? What? The smoking? He's not smoking. Don't worry about it. And by the way, they'll never find Bin Laden because he's, he's not to be found. He had nothing to do with it anyway. Now, this is the kicker. The bill also would have shielded lawsuits, telecommunication companies that helped the government wiretap U.S. computer and phone lines after September 11 terrorist attacks without clearance from a secret court that was established specifically to over such, oversee such activities. The government went to the, to, to the telecom companies and said, oh, yeah, tell us everything about this phone number. And the telecom company said, well, I, I mean, um, aren't we supposed to have a uh, warrant? And the government said, it's an emergency. God damn it. Do you want children are being terrorism is happening Give us the names, my God, man. And they were like, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I was thinking. And they handed over the shit. Now, some of those people who they handed over their names and addresses without a subpoena are suing the telecom companies for giving the government that information without due process. So what does the government do in response to that? They make a law frustrating the American, the innocent law-abiding American, they, they try and pass a law that immunizes the telecom companies against these lawsuits. American citizens must understand, clearly understand, that there's still a threat to the homeland. There's still an enemy with which, who would like to do us harm, Bush said. We've got to give our professionals the tools they need to be able to figure out what the enemy is up to so we can stop it. Do these fucking, uh, does this lunacy remind anybody of anything? The like incessant, paranoid ravings of a lunatic uh, that danger is imminent and we, we must protect the homeland. Does this remind anybody of anything? That never mind your individual freedom and liberty, it means nothing compared to the threat to the fatherland. I mean, the motherland. I mean, the homeland. We don't <clears throat> in chaos. You, these are scary fucking people, folks. By blocking this piece of legislation, our country is more in danger of an attack, he said. Where's the, you know, where's the proof? Where's the evidence for making such an incredibly alarming statement? You know, if you're the leader of the free world, I believe that you should carefully measure your words and say things that, uh, you, know, uh, tr you know, try to be, you know, accurate. Otherwise, you lose all credibility. By blocking this piece of legislation, our country is more in danger of an attack, he said. I don't believe that. Do you? By blocking the legislation that, requ that, require that allows the government to circumvent the Constitution, that requires the government to, uh, to get uh, ordinary uh, permission um, before they can eavesdrop on a citizen's uh, uh, communications 
um, that by blocking that, it makes it easier for the enemy to harm the United States. I don't know if, if I believe that, and I don't know if if I want to live in a country. I don't know if it's worth saving the fucking country then, if you could just listen in on anybody's fucking phone calls. And what's the criteria anyway? What what what? Where, where do you draw the line when you say that this is a suspicion, this is a hunch, this is something that we have evidence for? Where's the evidence? Well, can't can't say. It's a secret. Beyond the rhetoric, the uh, this is not about protecting Americans. The president just wants to protect American telephone companies, said uh, Rahm Emanuel of Illinois, head of the House Democrat Caucus. Beyond the rhetoric, the central issue is what the government can and can't do come midnight tomorrow when a temporary eavesdropping law adopted by Congress late August expires. The law let the government initiate wiretaps for up to one year against a wide range of targets. It also explicitly compelled telecom companies to comply with the orders, protected them from civil lawsuits that may be filed against them for for doing so. But while the wiretaps can go on after the law expires, the compliance orders of the liability protections disappear. That's because of a quirk in the way the law was written According to the Director of National Intelligence, Mike McNichol, there's no longer a way to compel the private sector to help us, he said in a Jester Radio interview. Democrats dispute that assertion. Uh, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer uh, said that even when the law expires, existing wiretapping orders would continue to protect telecom companies without the explicit law. So I'd love to see... Uh, you know, people, I'd love to see the government go forward um, based on that analysis and, you know, thinking that the existing laws protect them from, uh, you know, immunize them anyway, and uh, it turns out that it doesn't, and they get fucked. That's what I would love to see. Running down around the towns along the shore when I was 16 and on my own. Nope. Couldn't tell you what the hell those breaks were for. I was just trying to hear my song. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Leave it where it is.
Among those there to test their fortunes and their wills, I lost track of the score long ago. Pages turning, pages we were years from learning. Straight into the night, our hearts were flung. Better bring your own redemption when you come to the barricades of heaven, where I'm from. Jackson Brown on Jester Radio. This is Friday, February the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008. And this is, uh, I'm your old pal, the Jester, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. Uh, and this is the ravings of a clown. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with your old pal. And, uh, you know, if you got something on your mind, you want to feel like you want to give it to me, that's the best way to do it. 646-502-8600, and uh, just jump right in with whatever the hell is going through that stupid, sick fucking head of yours. And not that I'm, you know, 
in any position to judge. Millionaire adventurer Steve Fawcett, who risked his life seeking to set records in high-tech balloons, gliders, and jets, was declared dead today, five months after he vanished while flying in an ordinary small plane. The self-made business tycoon who, in 2002, became the first person to circle the world solo in a balloon, a dubious distinction, was last seen September 3rd after taking off in a single-engine plane from an airstrip near Yerrington, Nevada, heading toward Bishop, California. He was 63 years old. His wife, Peggy V. Uh, Fawcett, had him declared legally dead in Cook County Circuit Court as a step towards resolving the legal status of his estate. Ha <laughs> ha. Mm, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Jeffrey, uh, Judge Jeffrey Mollock heard testimony today from Peggy Fawcett, a family friend and a search and rescue expert, before deciding there was sufficient evidence to declare him dade. Dater than hell was the specific proclamation. And this little guy came out and he said, With coroner, I must have arrived to examine her, and she's not only merely dead, she's really most sincerely dead. White flight records brought uh, him from the greatest fame. Uh, I should say, while flight records brought him his greatest fame, Fawcett, who was paunchy for most of his life, also climbed some of the world's best-known peaks, including the Matterhorn in Switzerland and Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, or Tanzania, as my British friends say. Everest did elude him. With top-notch endurance and concentration, he swam the English Channel, completed the Boston Marathon, the Ironman Triathlon, uh, the Iditarod dog, reds, uh, dog race sled, and as part of a team, 24 hours of the Le Mans car race. Steve's lived his life to the full. He hasn't wasted a minute of his life. Fawcett's rival turned comrade, British billionaire Sir Richard Branson, had said as the search went on, everything he's done, he's taken a calculated risk with. But Fawcett was on a pleasure flight when he vanished, not looking for a uh, dry lake bed to use as a surface on which to set the world land speed record, as he was uh, initially reported, according to his wife's petition. Dozens of planes and helicopters spent more than a month searching the rugged western Nevada mountains before the effort was called off. So he was look a little kind of pudgy dude, uh, not the kind of guy you'd expect to see. Uh, as this great uh, adventurer. But, you know, he was a multi-billionaire. And, uh, you know, it's always suspicious when a multi-billionaire dies, A, when no one else is around, since they do spend a lot of their time with other folks, and B, um, you know, doing something uh, that's uh, very low risk compared to how they live the rest of their life. So you might expect him to fall off the Matterhorn, but um, you know you certainly wouldn't expect him to, uh, you know, fall out of the sky in a small airplane that he flies. You know the way you and I drive a car. So you know, call me suspicious, call me skeptical, call me paranoid, but uh, just don't, uh, you know, call me late for dinner. It's uh, Friday, February the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008, 646-502-8600.
Give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind. Jester Radio chat room is officially open. Oh, and did I tell you, Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you all about the Jester Radio podcast you can now subscribe to. It's so easy. Go to the uh, Jester, www.jesterradio.com and uh, click on podcast there on the navigation bar at the top. And that'll tell you how to do it. And you can um, even just go to open up iTunes and search for Jester Radio or the ravings of a clown or anything like that. And you'll find us on iTunes. Gathering strength, uh, Senator Barack Obama collected a key labor endorsement and coaxed away one of Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton's delegates today. At the same time, he criticized his rival for supporting legislation harmful to workers. So they're in full-blown, you know, attack mode now. Her supporting NAFTA doesn't give jobs to the American people, Obama said, of the free trade agreement implemented while Bill Clinton was in the White House. Her supporting a bankruptcy bill made it harder for people to get out of debt that didn't help them with the bills that were stacking up on their desks. Obama traveled across Wisconsin during the day hoping to add the state to an impressive string of primary victories. At the same time, he hoped his second labor endorsement in as many days would help him in Ohio, Texas, and other primary states and block Clinton's efforts to establish a campaign firewall. True, there are things to complain about the Clinton's administration, but that wasn't Hillary Clinton's administration. That was Bill. So you're not voting for Bill anymore. You're voting for Hillary. That's one. And two, certainly uh, every administration makes mistakes. Um, I'm not denying that uh, that. Bill Clinton didn't do things wrong. I, I would imagine it's impossible not to. I was in business for 24 years. I made plenty of mistakes, mostly, mostly mistakes. But, you know, I made enough things, you know, right to feed my family, you know, for 24 years. And, you know, take them to Europe a couple of times a year. So, I would think that... Uh, Um, anyway, the uh, election goes on. I'm still saying that it's impossible um, for Obama to win, uh, not because he doesn't seem like a pleasant fellow and a, and a genuinely uh, decent and honest uh, gentleman, but because uh, he's from, he's a noob. He's from out of nowhere, and that's a little scary. All the time, you don't, you know, want a guy who's uh, you really don't know anything about him. He could be some like kind of secretly religious, uh, you know, zealot or something. I don't know. Could be. Uh, I think Hillary's a little bit more of a known quantity, and I feel a little safer with her. And I honestly don't believe that America is going to vote for a fucking nigger for president. Sorry. Uh, I got nothing against the guy. You know, I, I hope he does uh, become president someday. And if any nigger's going to become president, then it could be Barack as well as any of the other fine American niggers. But I honestly don't think, given the choice, the majority of America is going to pick a fucking nigger over a woman. Hundreds of U.S. Marines have been killed or injured. By the way, if you in any way disagree, and I'm not saying this to be provocative, I honestly just don't think... It's going to happen. I mean, you know, you think we live in some kind of like, you know, very liberal, forward-thinking, uh, you know, 
intelligent country until you read these statistics that 75% of Americans believe in angels and 71% of Americans think that we're in Iraq and in retaliation for 9-11, then, hmm, you got to wonder. So I'm not elite because I'm in the media, and I'm not elite because I'm a New York Jew faggot. I'm elite because I'm fucking elite, because I read, because I care, because I spend the fucking time and effort to be elite. Wasn't born elite. Well, I may have been, but in between I was, believe me, not so elite. You see what I'm saying? Ah, long as I remember... Rain's been pouring down. Crowd of mystery porn, confusion on the ground. You know what I'm talking about. CCR.
What's your name? What's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Be rich. Is he rich like me? Has he taken? Has he taken? Anytime. Anytime. To show. To show you what you need to live. Tell it to me slowly. Tell you why. I really want to know. It's the time of the season for
baby, go all the way. How many times have you said that? How many times have you had to beg a chick? Zombies before that. Time of the season, the alternate mix. You know, I actually saw them perform that song live and saw them do that, like, you know, thing. And it was pretty cool. Even though I was watching and I was still like, wait, stop. Whoa, who, you just did what? Because the guy, one guy claps his hands and then the drummer hits the rim and then the guy goes, ah. So, but they do it really fast. Uh, CCR started that set. You're tuned into the Roovings of Acclaim this Friday, February the 15th, the year of our lard, 2008, hanging with Zippy the Pinhead and Espo in the Jester Radio chat room. Zip has just proposed an interesting wager with yours truly, saying that John McCain will be the next president of the United States. We all realize how silly and foolish that is. So I've offered to um, have my left testicle surgically removed live on air without the benefit of anesthesia, if I'm wrong. I challenge Zip to uh, proffer up something equally as precious um, for this important uh, wager. And uh, I say that John McCain uh, will be uh, the next president over my bloody ass. Over my cold, dead, stiff, rotting corpse. That there, first of all, the United States, I don't care how fucking stupid they are. I don't care if 90% of them believe in angels. They're not voting for another Republican. Not going to do it. Listen to this fucking study. Hundreds of U.S. Marines have been killed or injured by roadside bombs in Iraq because Marine Corps bureaucrats refused an urgent request back in 2005, three years ago, from battlefield commanders for blast-resistant vehicles, an internal military study concludes. The study, written in a, uh, by a civilian Marine Corps official and obtained by J.R., accuses the service of gross mismanagement that delayed deliveries of the mine-resistant ambush-protected trucks for more than two years. We hear about these so-called IE devices um, that, uh, that are um, um, improvised, explosive devices. Hi, you're live on the air with Jester Radio. Who's calling? Hey, this is Chewy Chitlins. Hey, what up, son? What's happening? You gave your left testicle away last year, didn't you? I, you know, you may be right about that, bud. You better check. <laughs> How you been? Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, just fishing a little bit, kicking back, relaxing today. Don't you do some kind of job? Don't you have some kind of work, some kind of function? Yeah, fish. Is that what you, is that what your job, pretty much? That's that's pretty pretty much it, brother. Enjoy, enjoy life. Hey, McCain's, McCain's going to be the next president, I believe. Yeah, well, why is that? I think Espo's right. What did he say? I think he's right. I think he's going to be the next president. I don't know. I just got, you know, all these old folks. They're the ones that do all the voting anyway, so. Let me ask you something, Chewy. Are you one of these Republicans that, like, really detest the Clintons? That despise them, like like some Republicans do. No, I don't really despise. Them. Oh, you don't. In fact, I'm pretty envious of, uh, especially Bill. Let's see if Hillary gets in the <laughs> office. I wonder if she's going to have stains on her dress. 
Uh, that's pretty funny. So you don't, but you know what I'm talking about. Some of these people are like, oh like, yeah, are like, yeah. like despise them for some fucking. They're way. like the they're like the uh, Republican Nazis or something. Exactly. So you're not one of those. <laughs> no, no, I see. no. I'm conservative, but you yeah, don't I'm think... right wing, but I'm not far right wing, and I'm not left wing, and so. So what do I'm you think of this? Middle Mc... of the road. What, what What do you think of this, McCain? He's pretty much the most middle of the road of the Republicans, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's got the most experience, and that goes a long way, you know. Because I imagine those six years he was sitting in that uh, uh, POW camp. You know, he really got in touch with himself, and and I really think that he'll be a good president. I really do. Yeah, that's an amazing. Of all, of all the candidates, I mean, you know, of all the candidates there, because who has the experience? He's been in office the long or the longest of any of them. You know, that goes a long way. Well, you make a really good point there, uh, especially with the uh, prisoner of war experience. I mean, I think every minute in a prisoner of war is equivalent to, you know, like a million years, you know. Oh, my God, I couldn't imagine. So, I read his book, by the way, and, uh, about that, and several others. Uh, the people he was in the camps with, man, talk about some tough dudes. And, and there's a book, I think Brokaw wrote it, uh, it's called The Best Generation or something like right, that. Anyway, right. it's it's a, it's a pretty good book, and it, and it goes back, it talks about, you know, the cojones the our, our, our uh, parents and, and our forefathers had, you know, how they could deal with shit like that. Compared to our generation, <laughs> and our, compared to our generation and our kids' generations, are a bunch of whiny little fucking fucking oh, faggots. All they do is sit around and, and uh, sit in the house and play on the computer. They need to go fishing. Hey, speaking of which, next time you're in Florida, look me up, man. I'll take you out. On oh a nice man, I can't fish. wait. I honestly can't <laughs> wait. Fish and for, eat some fresh fish, brother. We'll kick back and do it up. Uh. Man, I'm so there. Thanks for calling in, buddy. I'll speak to Take you care. soon. Call back again soon. Hey, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio, Chewy Chitlins, all long-standing bud of the show. Makes an interesting point there uh, about McCain having more experience. Nobody else even compares. Uh, Hillary just got into show business, you know, ten years ago, eight years ago, uh, in preparation for this. Uh, McCain's been it for you know thirty plus years. He's an old timer. Uh, and he certainly knows what's what, he knows his way around the the hill, as they say. And uh, of course, I couldn't agree with uh, him with Chewy more about uh, you know the kind of uh, integrity that you know the kind of shit that uh, the kind of man that living in a you know wire box for six years turns you into. And he withstood all kinds of mental and physical torture and separation from, you know, the real world. I, you know, I honestly don't know if I, you know, if, if I was, uh, you know, one night in a place like that, you know, would, would do to me. Man, I'd be fucking signing shit. I'd be like, give me, give me something for everybody in the camp. I'll sign it in everybody's names. What do you need me to sign? No, nah, I wouldn't. I'd say, fuck you, you you fucking Vietnamese piece of shit. Suck my dick. Suck my fat, hairy, fucking Jewish New York dick. I always imagine, I, don't, I wonder how I really would uh, ever stand up to physical torture because I always envision myself as being a real tough guy 
if I was ever, you know, uh, uh, tortured by the Nazis or the or the uh, the Vietnamese, I'd probably be singing like a fucking canary. Thanks so much, Chewy Chitlins, for calling in. Um, the, the, getting back to the story, we've been talking about uh, that this um, that these vehicles, according to an internal government study, these um, vehicles that were requested over two years ago uh, that cost about a million bucks each. Um, were denied, and as a result, uh, hundreds, hundreds of Marines. This is from the people who are constantly whining that we're not supporting uh, the troops. This has nothing to do with the troops. This is no more about the troops than you know than the Christians are give a fuck about the children. It's just about their secret fucking perverted hidden agenda that they cloak in some, you know, kind of bullshit, uh, you know, pious, uh, you know, pharisaic, uh, hypocritical uh, bullshit. That's uh, what I got to say about it. You turned into the ravings of a clown. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, 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 ho. You should have seen the place. I think that that little melody there is racist. Just right there. This one goes out to John McCain. Leave it right where it is. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought.
played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the
Joel Cohn on Jester Radio. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Friday, February the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008. More of what you listen to Jester Radio for coming up this hour. Hanging with Zippy in the Jester Radio chat room with uh, Espo. Uh, just got a call, interesting call from uh, Chewy Chitlins. Uh, why not give us a call? Uh, Skype us at Jester Radio or give us a landline call at 646-502-8600. The uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton, speaking of the devil, um, smothered some kindness on Senator uh, Barack Obama and John McCain today, then declared her rivals wrong on all the issues and vowed that she could beat both in her quest for the presidency. Of course, that's the issue that I have uh, with McCain, is that he's a Republican, and he believes in, you know, conservative, uh, you know, intrusive government shit. They talk about less government, but then they want to stick their fucking nose up everybody's ass and see what they're up to. They just want the smaller part of the government that gives away the cheese. They don't really want smaller government. They want bigger government, just smaller giveaway part of the government. She said Obama, her Democratic foe, has run an extraordinary campaign, extraordinary, and called McCain the likely Republican nominee, a man of great heroism. Uh, but she cast Obama as a foe of universal health care, said that, which, by the way, aren't we all? I mean, it sounds it sounds enticing, you know, free health care for everybody. But man, oh man, a Shevitz wine. I pity the fucking fool because it's going to be some kind of nightmare. I can assure you, just you wait. Just you wait until you got a little, you know, sniffle and you want to go see the doctor and what kind of fiasco that's going to be. And just, you know, uh, 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 you know, God bless uh, uh, Michael Moore, but how can anybody, especially such a cynical fuck as that, believe that the government could do anything better than the private sector? (laughs) The government that wastes 75 cents on every dollar. Why would you want them to take your tax dollars and then turn that into... You know, supposed free health care. Of course, nothing's free. You're paying for it out of your taxes. And then when you, they could just give you the money back. And, and by the way, health care is artificially inflated. We're going to talk about that in a little bit uh, in our subject of the evening. I just read the most phenomenal fucking article in Forbes magazine about this uh, professional associations and licensure. The idea that everything in the world now, you have to belong to this association and you have to have a license to do anything, which has made everything suck for everybody. They've replaced the unions in how destructive they are. And they just sort of feed off of, uh, you know, real business. As for Obama, she said that um, the Democratic nominee in 2008 has to stand firmly for universal health care. My opponent has given up the fight before we've even started, she told a gathering of Democrats at a party fundraiser outside of Akron. She accused Obama of sending email to voters that sound like they've been written by the health insurance industry and the Republicans talking about how we can't possibly get to universal health care. 
Clinton's remarks played up not only differences with her current and potential foes, but also argued her case for electability, a quality that undecided voters seem to be searching for in the two Democratic candidates. Her remark came on a day when she decided uh, and declared herself the candidate of, from, and for the middle class of America. Would twer that it were, the man. Uh, you know, I tell you, it's about fucking time that there were um, somebody to stand up for, uh, you know, the six-pack Joe. But, uh, man, I don't know if it's her or I don't know. Seems doubtful. As she uh, worked to keep her Democratic coalition in Ohio intact against a hard-charging Obama. Clinton has relied on working-class Democrats for much of her support in six weeks of presidential primary contests across the country and is counting on them even as Obama racks up important union endorsements. Man, the unions are fucking just uh, everything, aren't they? It's uh, it's good to get those union endorsements because all you have to do is, um, and this is uh, you know this is the the thing that I've been whining about you know all these years about this special interest crap. Um, all you got to do is you know sort of kiss one guy's ass, uh, the guy who represents the union. You just have to negotiate and suck really hard on his dick and give him everything he wants, um, and then you have everybody who works for him to vote for you. He brings in all those votes. All he's got to do is stand up the next day and say, if you vote for this guy, it's good for your job. Then everybody in that group is going to vote for that guy. So that's you know one reason why you know the unions are a bad thing for America because they hold this phenomenal power and their interests are not representative of the average American. They're special interests. And any time you have a president that's catering or sucking anybody's dick who has a special interest, then you lose representation. You being the regular guy who doesn't have a special interest. 99% of us don't have any special interest. Just that 1% that's getting all the attention. It doesn't seem fair, but that's how power is manipulated. Snap out of it. How'd you think it worked? Grow up. Welcome to the real world. I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden. The United States official met secretly with Iranian banking officials and senior government aides who opposed punishing the Islamic nation for not doing enough to stop money laundering and terrorism funding, Jester Radio has learned. The talks last month in Paris took place despite the Bush administration's near-absolute ban on formal U.S.-Iran contact, they also occurred against the backdrop of Tehran's attempts to avert the imposition of new U.N. sanctions over its suspect nuclear program. So uh, in, in, in case I'm going too fast for you, the um, United States officials have met with Iranian um, government AIDS, secret uh, government AIDS and, and Iranian banking uh, officials um, because uh, they want to negotiate, uh, you know, uh, stopping all this investigation into money laundering and uh, terrorism funding. 
There's a, t there's a big danger that a lot of Iranian money is going to get frozen. And they're scared shitless. And they're privately negotiating with the American government. And George Bush, who again um, is a, just a chronic fabricator, um, who has outwardly portrayed Iran as the arch enemy, the great Satan uh, in the East, and uh, that, uh, that they're gunning for a showdown. And all the while, he's meeting with the Iranian bankers and Iranian government, seeing if they could talk Turkey. The United States co-chaired the meeting with uh, Italy and was represented by David Glazer, the Treasury Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Terrorist Financing and Financial Crimes. Uh, representatives of several other nations also attended these meetings. The meeting was part of a Bush administration's attempt to ramp up international pressure on Iran to halt atomic activities that could lead to the development of nuclear weapons. The administration also wants Iran to stop its support for groups the United States is designated as terrorist organizations. So they put before them a bunch of demands, stop the nuclear program, uh, don't support the terrorists, uh, you know, more rhetoric because they know they're not going to stop doing any of that stuff. The country is run by that lunatic, Ahmadinejad, who's clearly insane from the long-term effects of gonorrhea. He said he went to Columbia University uh, last month uh, and he said, what do you mean? There's no homosexuals in Iran. I, I don't know where you heard that. Where did you hear there was homosexuals? The flu season is getting worse, U.S. health officials say. It's partly because the flu vaccine doesn't protect against most of the spreading flu bugs. Here's another scam for you. The flu vaccine doesn't do shit. The flu vaccine, I've never gotten a flu vaccine my entire fucking life. And I, I don't, I, maybe I got the flu twice. The flu shot is a good match for only about 40% of this year's flu viruses, officials at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said today. The situation has even deteriorated since last week when the CDC said the vaccine was protective against roughly half the circulating strains. In good years, the vaccine can fend off 70 to 90% of the flu bugs. Infections from an unexpected strain have been booming and now are the main agent behind most of the nation's lab-confirmed flu cases. Uh, it's too soon to know whether this will prove to be a bad flu season overall, but it's fair to say a lot of people are suffering at the moment. Uh, according to Dr. Joe Br Brzee, of the, uh, the CDC's chief of influenza epidemiology. Every area of this country is experiencing lots of flu right now. I feel great. I don't know about you, but you know what I do? I sent away to this company, uh, you know, they like took some blood, sperm, and urine and a swab from the inside of my penis canal, and they worked up a formulation for me of like a special vitamin mix. And they send me this thing like every day I take it from this little plastic pouch that's custom made. It's got my little name printed on every little pouch. And there's eight pills in there. And, man, I have to snore from down every morning. It's like really – I don't have like a strong gag reflex. But I, by the time I get to number eight, man, I'm like really fucking pushing it. I have no problem with pills. You know, I, mean, I don't enjoy taking them. But eight fucking pills. And these are like look, fucking banana pills, man. These are not little tiny, you know, Flintstone vitamins, my friend. These are big-ass fucking capules. 
You see what I'm saying? They're like uh, capsule size pills. This is my favorite story tonight. The chief songwriter, founder of the band Boston, um, has had uh, more than a feeling <laughs> that he's being ripped off by Mike Huckabee in a letter to the Republican presidential hopeful Tom Scholes complains that Huckabee is using his 1970s smash hit song More Than a Feeling without his permission. You know, you got to ask yourself, why would these candidates, you, you hear one or two of these stories every year, why would anybody use a song for their campaign without either A, clearing it through the musician, if possible, and getting their okie-dokie, or at least, you know, getting some kind of confirmation that the guy who wrote the song uh, is sort of, um, you know, commiserates with your opinion. Because if you're singing, if you're a, if you're a staunch uh, conservative, and the guy whose song you're singing is uh, quite obviously a, you know, a drug schlanging hippie, from the 80s, then maybe not a good idea. Former member of the band, Barry Goudreau, who appeared with Huckabee. And by the way, this Barry Goudreau was with the band for like three years. There was this lawsuit back uh, in the early 80s. The record company sued uh, Boston for not producing enough albums. And like half the band, you know, was fired. Um, this, you know, this, the, the Tom Schultz who wrote all the shit and was the, you know, lead guitarist. Um, all along, has been, you know, Boston, all along. These other guys have done, you know, other things since then, but it was 25 years ago that they were with Boston, and they are the ones traveling around, specifically this guy Barry Goudreau, um, who was with Boston for three years, 25 years ago, and he has sort of been unofficially uh, endorsing Huckabee, and it's just freaking Schultz out because... It's sort of making it seem like it's a Boston-approved uh, endorsement, and it's totally not. Scholes, who said Goodrow left the band more than 25 years ago after a three-year stint, objects to the implication that the band and one of its members has endorsed Huckabee's candidacy. Boston has never endorsed a political candidate, and with all due respect, would not start by endorsing a candidate who is the polar opposite of most everything Boston stands for. By using my song and my band's name, Boston, you've taken something of mine and used it to promote ideas which I have opposed. In other words, I think I've been ripped off, dude. You're on the air. Who's calling? Hey, Jester's Bob Dylan. Hey, Bobby. Hey, I got a story about a campaign song. <laughs> well, what, what, what happened, Bob? Well, you know, Hillary Clinton was running for senator in New York. And she wanted to play New York State of Mind, Billy Joel. And so they uh, were going to play New York State of Mind and get her up on the podium. And uh, they accidentally played Captain Jack. So everyone was masturbating. That is so drugs. funny. That's not a true story, though. Very, very true story. That is so fucking funny. And they, and they had the picking nose part in there. And the, the whole thing. And the jerking off. <laughs> that's Get too amazing. Get high tonight. Come Th on, Hillary. That's so... Thank you so much, Bobby, ladies and gentlemen, the jester himself. Thanks for calling in. Have a good night. Robert Allen Zimmerman, the jester himself. 
calling into Jess Radio, long suspected he was a listener. How could he not? There's a radio station out there named after him. How could he not, like, listen in once or twice? All right, now here's the shit that I got to tell you about. I have uh, run across this article. Um, as I was mentioning before, we have this situation in this country now where the, there's a professional association for everything. So if you are, um, you know, some kind of eye doctor and you're not part of the board certified eye doctors, then you don't get patients. But this board certification just is this arbitrary body that doesn't really serve the public. They say that they guarantee that the doctor is more, um, you know, more well licensed or more uh, accomplished at doing this thing. But they don't really do that at all. They 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 produce this um, this whole blue tape, this whole red tape, uh, you know, bureaucratic nightmare under the guise of the public interest. But it's completely self-interest. Public doesn't benefit from these organizations at all. Mortgage bankers uh, passed along some bum loans, and now the subprime market is in tatters. What can be done? Impose tougher license requirements on brokers, so declares one interested group. Uh, cynics and students of the history of occupational licensure will not be surprised when the call for the crackdown comes from the brokers themselves. Responding to criticism of the mortgage industry by Hillary Clinton, the National Association of Mortgage Brokers put out a statement reiterating its call for, quote, an increase in professional standards, education requirements, and criminal background checks. Mortgage brokers already have to be licensed in 23 states, but if the requirements are tightened, there won't be quite so many brokers fighting over what business is left. That's the whole point. The whole point of the unions is to make themselves stronger, and a big part of making yourself stronger is making yourself more exclusive. It's not just about collective bargaining. It's also about improving uh, your position. And, you know, it's long been a strategy of man that uh, to improve your position is to limit the competition. So if that means making it harder to be a professional in that group, artificially inflating the cost of that job against the public interest, then that's what they do. And it goes in a lot of professions. In California, you're not welcome. If you're an out-of-state contractor looking to help rebuild the areas destroyed by the uh, fires last fall, the government rushed a press release out while the fires were still raging, warning that working without a state license to remove debris, repair a roof, or rewire a home is a felony. And the punishment is a fine of up to $10,000 or 16 months in prison. In Ohio, a parent was fined $10,000 after the Cleveland Bar Association filed a complaint that he didn't have a lawyer. He didn't hire a lawyer for himself, and instead he represented his own autistic son uh, when he sued the school board over his son's uh, education. In South Carolina, dentists intent on protecting their turf uh, blocked oral hygienists from examining the teeth of poor school children without a dentist supervising. 
American Dental Association, uh, of course, backed the move wholeheartedly. Such occupations are the new unions. These modern-day guilds, you remember from the ancient times, they had these guilds you were required to join. And these are just modern-day guilds that have replaced organized labor as the main vehicle for workers seeking to shield themselves from the competition. And as the economy has switched from manufacturing to services, about 28% of U.S. workers, over 43 million people, now belong to a licensed profession, according to Princeton University Gallup survey last year. That's up from 4.5% 50 years ago. 28% of Americans are licensed professionals. Over the same period, union memberships have fallen 35%. There you go. They've just gone from unions to professional organizations, to having a license, a certificate. The University of Minnesota economist uh, Morris Kleiner recently estimated what uh, occupational licenses cost the U.S. through higher fees and lost output of people excluded from the roped-off professions is $100 billion a year. That's what it costs the United States. It's cost you $100 billion more collectively between the bunch of you because it's more expensive to be a member of this group. They have this little felt rope that ropes off their profession. Population has grown 22% since 1990, but the number of dentists and hairdressers hasn't budged. The shortage of dentists has pushed up the average hourly pay 45% over that period. Milton Friedman complained about the excesses of occupational licensing in his 1962 book, Capitalism and Freedom. Since then, the phenomenon has only accelerated. Today, there are 1,100 occupations from secretaries and librarians in Georgia to uh, wallpaper hangers in California that require a license in at least one state, according to the uh, Council of State Governments. That's up from roughly 80 in 1981. It went from 80 20 years ago to 1,100. These are monopolies created by the government, according to William Malore, president of the Institute of Justice, nonprofit in Arlington, Virginia, that litigates on behalf of property rights and other civil liberties. They have requirements so onerous that they deter everyone except for the most well-heeled or persistent. Indeed, in Louisiana, florists face a harder test to get their licenses than do lawyers. The pass rate for the bar exam in 2006 was 76%. The florist pass rate was 68%. Can you fucking imagine? I tell you, this is... uh you know, they say the fish stinks from the head down. At least that's what Grandma Jester used to say. And uh, these conservatives uh, that, 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 you know, claim that they're for smaller government, they're really not for a smaller government. They're just for a smaller government in a very tiny little part of the government, the part that gives away money to artistic institutions and gives away free tr- cheese to poor people. That's what they want to reduce. As far as... Um, you know, increasing the government 
to you know make them uh, you know have to force everybody to get certified in some phony baloney you know licensing scam that the government has going that they're all for and of course it's always under the guise of uh, you know the protecting the children for god's sake man you know we can't have these people out there drilling their your teeth unless they're you know competent bullshit it has so has nothing to do with that here's the easiest thing to do what what you do is um these companies will open up and they will rate people see and dentists will go to them and then they will advertise their rating with that company. You don't need the government to restrict what people can do for a living. You just go to the fucking uh, dentist and you take a look at his gov- you know, at his uh, independent rating uh, that he had to pay for so it doesn't come out of your pocket. And the rating says he's 85%. And, you know, that's what you can afford. It's only 10 bucks to get your teeth filled. Maybe next week he works his way up to a 90% and he could charge a little more. That's just let the free market fucking do it. Do you really want some board of people, you know, 12 fucking people, you know, uh, making the decisions for, you know, all the Americans who gets to be a fucking dentist and who doesn't? You really want that? Who the fuck are these people? Uh, And once again, what are their special interests? In the Middle Ages, you couldn't be a baker unless you were admitted to the Baker's Guild. And now in Louisiana, you can't sell flowers. Can you imagine? You need permission from the government to sell flowers. What the fuck has happened? I mean, it's outrageous enough that the government tells you how fast you could drive, but whether or not you could sell flowers, what? Is it a matter of public health uh, because of the uh, bugs uh, in the flowers? Bullshit. Bullshit. There is so many ways for the private sector to deal with all of that and much more. Mark my words. Mark them. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Friday, February the 15th, the year of our Lord 2008. Got something to say about it? Here's how you get in on the fun. Pick up the phone, dial 646-502-8600, and just start barking away. And tell us everything that's on your mind. And, you know, just start complaining loudly. 646-502-8600. Skype us at Jester Radio. Wah! Don't fuck with that dial.
Indeed they do. Till Tuesday on Chester Radio, Voices Carry goes out to Zippy the Pinhead. Amy Mann, before that, save me for Espo. You tune into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Me, moi, I, well, nobody important, no big deal, nobody special, nobody uh, that you would uh, care about. Just your old pal, your friend, your servant, your slave, the Jester, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. I was once like you. A running dog lackey for the bourgeoisie. But unable to reconcile my contribution to entropy, I chose to abandon your realm and take up residence outside your universe. From my oblique perspective, I see your world. I'm partly scientist, artist, advocate, friend, and my perspective will make you question your ideas. And my voice will guide you safely back to sanity. With me from the very beginning, Bob the Engineer, my right-hand man, formerly a high-paid computer geek for the man, Bob chucked it all to join his lifelong friend in a quest for pure radio. Although frequently distracted, his good intentions and world-class expertise in electromagnetism and munitions have helped Just Radio develop our low-bandwidth, crystal-clear sound that gives us an unfair advantage over the competition. Dolly, the receptionist, the newest member of the Jester Radio team, and her arrival completes the triumvirate. Originally a devoted listener, Dolly became inspired by the Jester's rantings, gave up her middle-class existence for the cause, her organizational skills, as well as her familiarity with cooking utensils, makes Dolly an indispensable member of the JR team. Those and all the rest of you, on behalf of uh, us here at JR, Thanks so very, very much for making our humble show a uh, part of your day. We uh, solemnly and humbly ask you, please, whenever you get the time, to stop by the Jester Radio website at www.jesterradio.com. Click on where it says Donate, um, and you know, just uh, give a little something for the cause. Uh, i got to be perfectly honest with you. Whether you donate or not, we're still going to be here tomorrow because um, you know, this is what we do. We ain't going to stop doing it. Apparently, we got some kind of uh, boner for being on the radio, and we just ain't going to stop. But we're digging it, and we hope you are digging it. And if you are, it sure would go a long way uh, to making that uh, a lot easier for us. Um, also, tell uh, your friends about the Just Radio podcast. And that's this uh, cool new way of getting Just Radio. If you can't catch it live or on one of the repeats, uh, it's repeated a couple of times during the day at like uh, 2 a.m. and then the next day at 2 p.m. But if you can't catch that, you can always download it and take it with. That's the cool new way everybody's doing it anyway. And you can listen to the old jester, uh, uh, you know, rant and rave that way. And that's so easy to get into. You just uh, head over to um, jesterradio.com, click on podcast, and just, you know, fake it from there. A guy faces assault charges after allegedly uh, spraying bar patrons twice with uh, bear spray. Uh, Kodiak, Alaska police uh, charged Daniel Pement after the accident Saturday and Sunday at the B&B bar. Police said Pement was escorted from the bar on Saturday but returned 15 minutes later, allegedly sprayed all the customers again. Police talked to him later and took away his bear spray, 
but uh, were called away by a more urgent matter. On Sunday, police were called back to the bar again after Perman allegedly sp- sprayed patrons with another can of bear spray. So, I'm not sure what's in that bear spray. Can't be good. Uh, if one bride felt lighter than air in her wedding gown, her groom certainly felt like air itself. As 19 couples renewed their vows near Columbus uh, in Grove City, Ohio, Sheila Smith's husband Bob had to go away on business and couldn't make the Valentine's Day commitment service at Grove City United Methodist Church, so friends brought a life-size inflatable doll to serve as a stand-in. They dressed blow-up Bob in dress pants, a shirt and tie, uh, taped on a headshot photo of the real Bob. His wife was blown away because she thought she'd only be serving as matron of honor for four of her friends. After Sheila Smith phoned her husband to tell him about his air-filled alter ego, she wiped away tears as she told how he laughed so hard he couldn't speak. Yeah. A Harrisburg, Pennsylvania teenager might have been well on his way to earning his driver's license if he hadn't hit the uh, brick house. Yeah, Quentin Gorn practiced parallel parking, changing lanes, uh, making turns for months. He said he may need more practice on ice. Gann and his cousin were on their way uh, to the road test uh, yesterday in a borrowed car. The 16-year-old turned left, hit some ice. The car landed on its side, wedged between a utility pole and a row house porch. Christiana Sears says her house shook. Scared my cat so bad, the hair on his back stood up. Gann said his cousin climbed out of the passenger side window uninjured, but the car needed a tow truck. Gann says, I'm going to leave driving alone for a little bit. I'm just not going to do it for a little bit. Driver, who apparently took her work rules very seriously, abandoned a bus full of former prisoners along a highway because for uh, her hours uh, for the day were over. <laughs> Forty passengers had been paroled or released from state prison in Huntsville. Some wore ankle bracelet monitors. They were aboard a charter bus that was uh, headed yesterday to a terminal in Dallas, but wound up 60 miles short. In the 31 years of law enforcement, I've never seen anything like this, Coincicana Police Sergeant Lemoyne Lawhorn said. Police said the bus was chartered from Greyhound bus lines, a driver pulled over in front of a convenience store about 4 o'clock in the afternoon and told this busload of passengers who were all coming back from jail that his allotted time, uh, or her, I should say, allotted time was up and that another driver was coming on the way. And then she just walked out. And the fucking prisoners were just like, what the fuck? A clerk in the convenience store called the police. Officers arrived to find the former prisoners milling around the bus. <laughs> They, they thought that this was like a candid camera episode. Dispatchers exchanged several phone calls with Greyhound prison officials while Lohan and two other officers stayed with the bus and the passengers. Just before 7 p.m., a second bus arrived with the three drivers, including the one who had abandoned the passengers in the first place. Greyhound spokesman Dustin Clark said company officials were investigating the incident. It's a very serious matter, he said. They're looking into it. They, they don't know what the fuck happened. Flushed but not forgotten, Cameron, Texas police say that a toilet confiscated in a drug investigation yielded bags of coke. Frank Earl Evans, 32, of Cameron, was charged with tampering with physical evidence. Evans 
was uh, who faces uh, escape, um, causing bodily injury charges after an officer suffered a knee injury in the scuffle. Bond was set at fifty-five thousand bucks. Authorities believe Evans earlier this month flashed ba- uh, flushed bags of cocaine down the toilet as the cops came to the house. Police Chief Patrick Guffey said officers wanted to get every bit of evidence they could, so the toilet was pulled from the floor. Backhoe uh, dug out the sewer line, which led to more bags of what police say is cocaine. Jail officials had no immediate record of an attorney for Evans. What drugs? I don't know what you mean with the drugs. All right, yank the toilet, guys. They fucking ripped up the toilet from the, from the tile. And they found bags of coke, and then they got a backhoe into the backyard and dug up the fucking sewer, and they found more. Authorities have arrested a uh, prolific 9-11 phone caller who's believed to have made more than 27,000 emergency calls, overwhelming California Highway Patrol and the Hayward 9-11 systems. 9-11 calls began flooding in last May. The caller responded to emergency operators with bodily noises, muttering, and pre- and pressing beep tones. Bodily noises. You know, he must have, like, found out at one point that his phone did not have caller ID on it. So he just figured he would just call 9-11 for recreation every few minutes of his life and fuck with them. John Triplett was arrested on Wednesday night uh, for investigation of abusing 9-11 emergency line a misdemeanor. Haywood officials said the 45-year-old man completely overwhelmed our system. That I find hard to believe. And, you know, these guys can fucking, you know, listen to people's phone calls without a warrant, but they can't figure out who's calling, even if uh, they have caller ID turned off. Isn't there a way the phone company can override that? Can't they get a subpoena to override that in this case because of this ongoing investigation? That would seem to make sense. That would seem to be in the public interest. If the 9-11 service is becoming overwhelmed by this guy, surely then it would be in the public service. The Hayward officials said the 45-year-old man completely overwhelmed our system, delayed helping others with real emergencies. The CHP Communications Center in Vallejo started getting bogus 9-11 calls last May. Then the Hayward Center began getting calls in January. So he was moving around, making calls to different districts because, you know, you get bored with the same district. Undercover police officers posing as flower delivery men on Valentine's Day arrested 23 people in North Glen, Colorado, with outstanding warrants. The North Glen officials used a van with a sign saying, flower delivery knocked on doors uh, bearing long-stem rose boxes to meet their quarry. Uh, hello there. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Officer Matt uh, told one man uh, wanted in the northern Denver suburb for failing to appear in court on a marijuana possession charge. Man asked for a pen to sign for the delivery, and Henman announced, North Glen Police undercover, you, we've got a warrant for your arrest. Handcuffed the man, identified by police as Ronald Madden, uh, chuckled as he told Channel 7 News that he'd been fooled. Honestly, didn't click with me until I heard North Glen Police, and then he pulled out a badge, and then I thought, damn, you guys are good. <laughs> what I don't understand is what's the big trick? Why with the flowers? Is it they're just trying to get people to go along peacefully? 
uh, because they think they'll fight and they'll have like a showdown if they knock on the door and say it's the cops. We're coming to take you for not coming to court. I mean, shouldn't they at least just try that? It should should it, it, do we really need our law enforcement uh, uh, officers to assume that all you know the entire population of America are a bunch of dishonest uh, you know uh, scum? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Wasn't a typical Valentine's Day wedding for one thing. The groom was in handcuffs. Kevin Felder and Misty Johnson exchanged vows yesterday just minutes after Felder was sentenced to 5 to 18 years in prison for a second-degree robbery. It's a decision between the two of us. I'm sorry for what I did, and I want to be a better man when I come out, said Felder, who wore an orange jumpsuit. Circuit Court James Matzone performed the wedding after sentencing Felder. He declined Felder's request to have the handcuffs removed during the ceremony. Sorry, but I can't allow that. You're in custody. <laughs> Felder took $340 during a convenience store robbery on September 5th. Assistant Ohio Court Prosecutor Stephen Vogren said Felder committed the robbery while he was on probation for a July 20th domestic violence offense. Uh, involving uh, this chick, Misty Johnson, his then-girlfriend. Johnson said goodbye to Felder, and he was escorted from the courtroom. I love him that much, she said tearfully. That's all I can say. So she was either apparently very tearful or, you know, really very stupid. And we're inclined to think it's the latter. Finally this evening, a woman who's seven months pregnant is accused of smashing a beer bottle against the bartender's head after she was refused another drink. Police said Kishara Abercrombie, 30, assaulted the female bartender on Saturday after being told that she shouldn't be drinking alcohol. <laughs> the police said Abercrombie also smashed a glass over the bartender's ear and head. Authorities said the bartender's ear was partially detached. A surgeon in Pittsburgh used two staples and 28 stitches. to uh, reattach the top of the ear. Abercrombie was arraigned on Wednesday on charges of aggravated assault, simple assault, harassment, and reckless endangerment. She was in Beaver County Jail on $25,000 bail. She was wasted. She was obviously pregnant, uh, so pregnant enough that the bartender could see that she was pregnant. And the bartender, by the way, none of her fucking business what she puts in her mouth, whether she's pregnant or not. She may not like it. She may not approve of it. But none of her fucking business to say anything. So if I'm pouring fucking Drano down my throat, doesn't matter if I have a child inside me or not. That's my business. But the fuck out. Uh, that's my motto. Hey, thanks so very much for stopping by and spending a little of your time with us this evening. It means so very much to, to us uh, here, uh, which is uh, why I love you, and I miss you already. You've been listening to The Ravings of a Clown. This is Jester Radio. It's Friday, February the 15th, the year of our Lord, 2008. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, let's drink a toast to the Admiral. And here's to the Captain Bold, and glory more to the Commodore when the deeds of might are told, who stand to the deck, to the battle's wreck, when the great shells roar and pound, and never they fear when the foe is near to lay their orders down. But it's off with your hats, and three times three for every sailor's son, 
for the men below who fight the foe, the men behind the guns. Good night. See you tomorrow. Let's drink a toast to the Admiral and here's to the Captain Bold. And glory more for the Commodore when the deeds of might are told. They stand to the deck to the battle's wreck when the great shells roar and pound. And never they fear when the foe is near to lay their orders down. But off with your hats and three times three for every sailor's son. For the men below who fight the foe, the men behind the guns. Oh, the men behind the guns. Their hearts are pounding heavy when they swing the port once more. With never enough of the greenback stuff, they start for the leave ashore. And you'd think perhaps the blue blouse chaps had better clothes to wear. For the uniforms of officers could hardly be compared. Warriors bold with straps of gold that dazzle like the sun. Outshine the common sailor boys, the lads who serve the guns. Oh, the men behind the guns. Say not a word till the shot is heard that tells the fight is on. And the angry sound of another round says the must be gone. Over the deep and the deadly sweep of the fire and the bursting shell. Where the very air is a mad despair, the throes of a living hell. But down and deep in a mighty ship unseen by the midday sun. For you find the boys who make the noise, the lads who serve the gun. Oh, the men behind the gun And well they know the cyclone blow Loose from the cannon steel And they know the hull of the enemy ship Will quiver with the feel And the decks will rock with a lightning shock And shake with a great recoil While the sea grows red with the blood of the dead And swallows up her spoil But not until the final ship Has made her final run Best, the lads who serve the guns, oh, the men behind the guns. So let's drink a toast to the Admiral and here's to the Captain Bold. And glory more for the Commodore when the deeds of might are told. They stand to the deck through the battle's wreck when the great shells roar and pound. And never they fear when the foe is near to lay their orders down. But off with their hats and three times three for every sailor's son. For the men below who fight the foe, the men behind the guns. Oh, the men behind the guns. Man, chastise me. And when Bill Cosby chastised you, you forget you grown. You feel like one of the Cosby kids and shit. And I ran in the house all excited to talk to Bill and picked up the telephone and Bill got raw on me. I was like, hello, Mr. Cosby. And you hear, I would like to talk to you about some 